But here's the deal. The Bible says that when all the stuff goes on, even more real than the struggles of life is the presence of God. And God says that no matter what the struggles are, I'm going to be with you and I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. And my spirit, if you put your faith and trust in my son, is going to dwell within you to help you every single day when you start to falter, when you feel like your feet is going to slip. My spirit is going to remind you of who I am and what I'm doing. You've seen people who excel when the pressure's on the most. They seem to get calmer the crazier things get. But everybody runs into situations in their lives that are more than they can handle. What to do then? Pastor Daniel will be providing the solution, which is to put your trust in God. You'll find out what the Bible has to say about handling stress, something that all people have, and how you can learn to put your trust in God. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in the book of Galatians, chapter 6, as he begins his message, Thriving in Stressful Situations. You know, I was talking to someone the other day, and as I get older, I realize how more and more I'm a verbal processor. You guys know that? Someone who, like, they speak before they think, and then when they say it, they're like, oh, yeah, really, that's kind of what I think. Some of you are like, I'm not shocked that you're a verbal processor, Fusco. That's another discussion. But I was talking to someone, and we were talking about the future, and I said, well, you know, to be honest with you, I am a realist who presents as an optimist. And they kind of looked at me like, that's pretty deep, Daniel. And, and I started thinking about it, and I'm like, you know, I am a realist who comes off as an optimist. And the reason that is is because if I've said it once in this pulpit, I've said it a thousand times, is that there are two truths that are always real for all of us. One is that... Life is messy. And the second thing is that Jesus is real in the midst of the mess. And being a realist does not mean that you're a cynic, and it does not mean that you're negative. And that's only the case if you believe the Bible. If you don't believe the Bible, you look at the world, and realism very quickly becomes negativity and cynicism. Because the world is busted. It's broken. You don't believe me? Pull out a newspaper open up your phone. Even if you don't read the news, they have like a little news section on your smartphone and that's all negative. And you're just like, and so you look at it like everything's bad. But the Bible teaches us, and it's why I love the Bible so much. And it's why I am so grateful that when I was in my early 20s, Jesus came and found me. Because when you look at the world through the lens of the Bible, John Stott, the great theologian of more recent history, said it this way, and I'm quoting him. He's very eloquent. I'm not, so I kind of mess it up, but you get the point. He pretty much says that the Bible is not overly optimistic or not persistently pessimistic, but it's radically realistic. Because sometimes when you talk about the things of spirituality or the things of religion, people say, oh, man, don't be so heavenly minded. You're no earthly good, as if you end up with this pie in the sky way of looking at the world. See, the Bible's real. And I'll be honest with you, I would love, it would be my greatest joy to be able to stand here in the Crossroads pulpit week after week and tell you all, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, everything's gonna be easy. 
There's nothing to fear. There's no stress. There's nothing to worry about. You're not going to suffer. You're a child of the king. And because of that, you are living in perpetual Disneyland happiness without the lines and without the expenses. And life is going to be like a slip and slide of fun from now until whenever it's over. When it's time for it to be over, it's going to be quick and painless. You're not even going to know what happened. You're going to shut your eyes, go to sleep. You're going to wake up in glory. And there'll be no suffering in between. I would love to stand here and tell you that, but it would be the biggest lie in the world. I wish I could. So many times, I just wish I could tell everybody that nothing bad's going to happen this week. But it's not real. And the Bible does not tell us that when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, everything's going to get easier. It doesn't say that. But what it does say is even more profound, which is no matter what, in the world, life is messed up. Things go wrong. Bad things happen. Sometimes we do it. Sometimes other people do it. Sometimes a thing just like we had a hurricane. Nobody did that. It's a weather system. It's not like someone woke up and was like, ooh, we're going to put a hurricane and it's going to, you know, press the button. And even though there's movies coming out now with the satellites and they control the weather, don't watch that movie. I watch it because I'm just fascinated and I'm, you know, no need to watch it. It's not a bad satellite problem, people. It's just weather. But here's the deal. The Bible says that when all the stuff goes on, even more real than the struggles of life is the presence of God. And God says that no matter what the struggles are, I'm going to be with you and I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. And my spirit, if you put your faith and trust in my son is going to dwell within you to help you every single day when you start to falter, when you feel like your feet is going to slip, my spirit is going to remind you of who I am and what I'm doing. And the beauty of this is, is it's not saying that everything is going to go perfectly. What it's saying is that how it goes, God is going to be with us. And if we keep our eyes on Jesus, as we move through this world full of all sorts of issues, health issues and financial issues and family issues and friend issues and cultural issues and all the stuff that is a part of life, that his presence is going to transform us and make us more like Jesus every single day. And in some ways, I wrote the book, You're Going to Make It, because my heart breaks because we have a tendency to want to think then unless everything is going exactly how I want it to, then obviously everything's falling apart. Because I feel that way too. It's like I bought the lie that I live in utopia. Utopia should always be the norm. And when everything isn't working perfectly, that I should be spun out by it. The Bible actually teaches that you should expect all of these things. And that when things are spinning, that we should see them as invitations from Jesus. That listen, you need me. When your health fails, you need me. When your body is strong, you need me. When you get the promotion and the raise, you need me. And when your job gets eliminated because of a bad economy, you need me. When you're surrounded by loved ones and there's nothing but happiness, you need me. And when you feel like you're all alone, I'm with you. At every turn of life, it's the same thing. And for all of us, I believe that when we realize that God is a God who is in the redemption business, he wants to redeem us through this stuff. We think he wants to redeem us out of it all. Now, don't get me wrong. There is things he redeems us out of. Like, you know, I'm redeemed from sin and death. Can I get an amen? That's why you want to be a Christian. It's like, 
Jesus' death and resurrection, you're redeemed from sin and death. The stranglehold that sin and death have on you, Jesus takes that away. When you come to know Jesus, he redeems us out of all sorts of toxic experiences and habits and all these different things because Jesus is like, yeah, I'm pulling you out of that. That's not for you anymore. That's who you used to be, not who you are now. But then there's all the other things that when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, you still are gonna have all sorts of issues. You're still gonna be, you're gonna wake up with creaky brain and sometimes creaky feet. And sometimes like you go to the doctor or your kids come home with some crunk from school and it's like, it's just what it is. And the key for us is to learn how not to let all of the issues choke us out from the abundant life. The key is for us to say, Lord, is there a way for me to thrive in the midst of lousy situations? And I believe the Bible is full of the answer to that is, is yes, there is a way. And so today I want to talk with you all about all of our least favorite topic. We're going to talk about stress. How many of you like stress? Nobody? One of you. You're just doing that. You didn't want me to be the only guy with my hand up. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Solidarity. Me and you are pals, man. How many of you felt stressed in the last couple days? (laughs) Everyone raised their hand except for the people who were sleeping. Yes. We're happy that Crossroads is a comfortable place to catch some Zs. If you think about... What stress is, stress is simply anything that is a tension or a pressure that impacts something that ultimately changes it. That's all stress is. Stress is any tension or pressure that impacts something material and ultimately changes it. Now, here's the deal. Not all stress is bad. Ask anybody who's a bodybuilder. Don't ask me. Somebody else is a bodybuilder. They'll tell you that what you do when you go to the gym is you stress your muscles. You put them under tension. It rips the muscles. And as long as you recover well, your body builds it back up stronger. So there's always a part of life that, how many of you in school right now? Yeah, know what's hard about school? You're learning things you didn't know before. Or you did know it, but you didn't know it the way your teacher knows, and they make you tell them the way they want you to know it. School is learning. If you get a new job, you go through training. What's happening? You're learning things that you didn't know before, whether it's about how the company works or what their culture is or whatever. See, so all of life is we put ourselves under pressure or tension And the beauty of that is that because the pressure tension, as it works on us, we end up growing through it. But we all realize that when we're talking about stress or tension or pressure, when we use the word stress, we're normally thinking about something that becomes a big problem. And if you look at what your body does when it feels under stress and tension, and I'm not a scientist, so those of you who are like super geeky scientists, you know, give me a little rope here to be imperfect. I don't play a scientist anywhere in the world. But what I do know is if you just look it up, when you're under stress, your body releases adrenaline and cortisol and it makes your heart race. Your body is like, when I'm under stress, I need to either fight, I need to run, I need to stay alive. So your body releases chemicals so that your heart will start to beat faster so that you can get things done. But the problem is, and we're seeing it, and then the science that we have today tells us that because we live in a world of perpetual stress and tension and pressure, all of the cortisol and all of the adrenaline and all this stuff over time, it wreaks havoc on your body. It wreaks havoc on your mind. It wreaks havoc on your relationships. But the thing is, is stress is an inevitability because our world is full of tensions and pressures. I don't need to tell you, as I'm sharing this message right now, it's like you used to go to the grocery store and it cost you 50 bucks and now it costs you $150. 
You used to fill up your gas tank and it was $30 and now it's, I don't even want to say how much it is. Like I go by gas stations and I literally like avert my eyes. Like I don't even look at the signs. I'll deal with what the price is when I get there to fill up. You know what I mean? Like that's where I'm at in this. And so, and that's just the financial pressures of what's going on right now. And then you add on that like your phone's And all the technology is designed to keep you engaged. And one of the easiest ways to keep you engaged is to keep your heart racing. And so, you know, and if you notice, you just go go look at a website. You never click on the thing that says, oh, a fireman saved a kitty cat out of a tree. Nobody clicks on that article. That's why they don't give them to you. Instead, they click on, here is the latest carnage that happened in the world. Or here's the latest thing you should be freaked out about. Depending on which news sources you want, they give you different things to be freaked out about. And what it does is it keeps us in a perpetual state of fight or flight. And it's wreaking havoc on us physically. It's wreaking havoc on us emotionally. It's wreaking havoc on us spiritually. And I'm here to tell you that all the things that exert tension and pressure, they're not going to stop. It's always going to be here. So what do we do? How do we move forward? Well, everyone open your Bibles, Galatians chapter six, we take verses nine and 10 together. Powerful Two verses, life verses for me, verses that I'm always thinking about, always praying about, wanting to share with you, says so beautifully, what do we do in times of stress? Let's know what it says. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all especially to those who are of the household of faith. I'm going to read it again. I love these verses. I quote these verses to myself almost daily. For let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we will reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household faith. So it begins with a simple encouragement that I'll just encourage you, my friends, to thrive in times of stress. Don't grow weary. I realize that Paul's saying, don't grow weary. You're like, no, but in all the stress, I'm weary. I love how the Bible works because what the Bible is not saying is that the way to thrive in stressful seasons is, I would love to say, here, if you do these three things, you have no stress. The key is, is if you accept the fact that this life is a marathon, it takes exertion. The key is to not grow weary in the journey. To accept the fact that this journey is something that will be tiring. It's one of the reasons why, of course, in the scriptures, God has given us kind of what you could commonly call a rhythm of work and rest. Remember the seven days of creation. You work for six days, and then what do you do on the seventh day? You rest. What was the first thing Adam experienced when he was created? Rest. Adam was created on the sixth day. God rested on the seventh day. Don't miss the fact that for you and I, we begin the journey with rest, and that rest is rest from our work in the finished work of Jesus. The spirituality of following Jesus. The Christian faith says you do not need to work your way into God's 
joy. You do not need to work your way into God's good graces. Jesus has died and rose again. And so the key to not growing weary in a stressful world is realizing that maybe under the sun, on this side of eternity, you and I have a lot of things that we're responsible for. But one thing that we're not responsible for is our salvation because Jesus is responsible for that. And we can rest. You might want to clap for that. I mean, some of you went there. Because this is the good news. The good news is that, yes, you have deadlines at your job. Yes, you do have deadlines for your papers. Yes, work can be a bear. Yes, not having a job can be painful. All these things are very, very real. But there is a rest for the people of God, and that rest is in Jesus. Jesus is the great Sabbath for the heart of a human being. And that truth gives us the momentum and the energy to live the overcoming life. But what happens, I think, is in times of stress, and I've had many of them, in a lot of ways I write books because I just want a manual for how to do this thing, and mostly I've realized, oh yeah, you didn't do that well at all, you gotta figure that thing out. When I first got to CrossFit, it must have been here about three years, I'd taken over for our founding pastor about a year and a half earlier, and I remember I went to see my doctor because I just wasn't feeling good physically. It's one of those things where it's like I would go to bed at night and I'd feel my heart like it was going to pound out of my chest. I was in that kind of a season. And I remember I went to my doctor and the doctor's like, oh, so what's going on here, Daniel? And I said, oh, man, I'm not really doing good. You know, I'm like, I just, I, I, I lay down at night and I feel like my heart's going to explode out of my chest and just like, you know. So he's like, did all the blood work. And he's like, well, you realize, Daniel, you know, you've gained 20 pounds since the last time I saw you. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I kind of noticed that, Doc, you know. <laughs> Thanks for the good word, buddy. You know, and he's like, you got high blood pressure. You know, he's like, your blood work, you got high cholesterol. He's like, let me ask you, how stressful is your job? <laughs> and I'm like, it's pretty stressful. And he's like, well, you're gonna have to figure out how to alleviate that. And then he said, do you want me to put you on meds or do you want to take care of this yourself? But he says... I'm like, I think I can take care of myself. He's like, I think he can too. And we started talking about it. And really what I realized was that I'd just taken over. I'd never been in a large church, let alone pastoring a large church and all that God was doing. And I was just not handling all the pressure well. Not at all. Not even a little bit. I was numbing myself out with the diet of Twinkie only. <laughs> and it was good. <laughs> I'd come home on a Sunday from church after preaching a bunch of services and I'd find myself to a bottom of a pint of Ben and Jerry's. Yeah, baby. With some Twinkie chasers after that. Because people feel bad for me. Like, great sermon. Here's 10 boxes of Twinkies. I'm like, nice. And overall, I just wasn't handling the pressure well. And what I realized was is that I wasn't accessing the most basic part of my faith was that when I'm feeling stress, there is a refuge for the people of God, that the righteous run in and they could be safe. You think about in biblical times, the idea of taking a day off, just like it is today. Many of us, we do not know how to take a day off. And if you do take a day off, you just work like three times as hard at home as you would at your job. 
And what happens is, is really what we believe when we live that way. And I'm not talking about Sabbath keeping as a law. I'm not talking about works righteousness. I'm talking about good old fashioned, you have to take care of yourself, is we start to not believe the fact that God is God and we are not. We perpetually work because we think if I don't do it, it will never get done. You think of the children of Israel where God said, listen, I want you to work for six days. On the seventh day, I want you to take it off. Oh yeah, I want you to sow your fields for six years. And on the seventh year, I want you to let it lay fallow so it can be rejuvenated. And I promise you that if you do this, I will take care of you with enough food. And that is a faith walk, isn't it? But one of the things we learn when we learn how to rest in Jesus really practice this idea of rest is we learn every day that God does not need us for the world to go around. That our security is not in all that we do. We have work to do, but our security is in the Lord himself and that the Lord will provide. And I realize it's like so many of these things, things like learning how to rest, resting in Jesus, even things like biblical generosity, What's so hard about biblical generosity is it's like, well, I barely make it with this. How am I supposed to be generous? But then you start doing it and the Lord's like, listen, you're thinking about this all wrong because I have this. And this is the way it's supposed to work. And when you don't trust me and it short circuits the worldview that I want to give you as you trust in me. And in all these things, whether it's learning how to rest in the Lord in times of stress, remembering, listen, I'm at peace in Jesus. Jesus is my refuge. Jesus, in the midst of the storm, he's the one sleeping in the boat. That I don't have to get weary. I don't have to work myself into the ground. And I don't have to think that I'm going to make it through this stress by just holding on tight, bear hugging it and white knuckling it. No, there is a rest for the people of God. And that's why Paul says to the church in Galatia, listen, do not grow weary in doing good. Don't Allow the stress to choke out God's plan. Listen to the prophet Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. It says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. How do you run and not grow weary? By resting in the Lord. By realizing it is a race, it's a run. It's going to keep going. But we learn how to recover and find rest in Jesus himself. Now, don't miss the fact, this idea of don't be weary and doing good. Here's the deal. As a church family, we believe that because Jesus is real, we're a family of faith who's fully engaged. Now, what does fully engaged mean? It means fully engaged. It means everyone involved. Now, I realize that some of you are brand new to Crossroads. Some of you have been here all 47 years of Crossroads. I also realize that culturally we've gone through over the last number of years this great upheaval, sifting and everything, and there are people who are brand new who you haven't gotten plugged in yet to start serving one another. We're going to get to the end of this text that's going to say, keep on doing good things and especially do it to who? The household of faith, your brothers and sisters in Christ. So if you're new, listen, I want you to get plugged in. Use your gifts and talents within our family, our family of faith, because we're a body and all the body parts have purpose. Jesus is real. Pastor Daniel talked today about stress. And although there's good as well as bad stress, he focused on the one everybody dislikes, which is bad stress. 
you were reminded that God's watching over you and always ready to help you get through stresses in your life. But you also learn through Galatians 6, 9, and 10 that God expects you to put some work in too to achieve what he wants from you. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here, lead pastor of Crossroads Community Church in Vancouver, Washington. We would love to connect with you in person. We have services on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. If you are not able to join us in person, connect with us online at live.crossroadschurch.net or find us on Facebook at Go, the number two, and Crossroads. Hey, this is Josh, and I wanted to personally thank you for listening today to Jesus is Real Radio. Did you know that Pastor Daniel also has a TV program? It's called Real with Daniel Fusco. I want to encourage you to go to JesusIsRealRadio.com, click on the stations option in the main menu, and find out if Real with Daniel Fusco airs on a TV station in your area. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share from his teaching, Thriving in Stressful Seasons. He will be warning against the natural tendency to pull inward, to want to isolate yourself from your church body. If you haven't had the opportunity to find your place in your fellowship, you'll be encouraged to do so. You'll discover that it's a place of growth and challenges as you learn to work with your brothers and sisters in Christ. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called You're Gonna Make It. Please glance at the clock right now. Make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.